The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our military who are joining us over the Internet today, particularly those of you who are tuning in from remote outposts. Thank you for being with us again, and thank you for your many letters and emails. Today we're going to take a break from politics, business, and current events to talk about the common denominator which underscores every one of our successes and failures, our humanness. In just a moment, Dr. Deepak Chopra will be here to give us a sneak preview on his new book, Super Genes, where he explores the effect the mind has on the genetic predispositions we're each born with. And he'll also talk to us about the growing number of people who feel disconnected and invisible. Millions among us report feeling invisible in the workplace, at school, and among family and friends. What can and should we do when we feel invisible? But before Dr. Chopra joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Deepak Chopra was born in New Delhi, India. His father was a prominent cardiologist who was not only the head of cardiology of New Delhi's most respected hospital, but also the medical advisor to the Viceroy of India. Deepak Chopra graduated from the India Institute of Medicine and worked in India until 1970 when he emigrated to the United States and accepted a medical internship at a hospital in New Jersey. He earned his license to practice in Massachusetts in the field of endocrinology. Chopra worked his way up to become chief of staff at New England Memorial Hospital before eventually going into private practice. And that should have been that. But in 1981, he met Brihaspati Dev Traguna, an expert in Ayurvedic medicine, which along with his encounter with Maharashi Mahesh Yogi, changed the way Chopra looked at modern health care. And we're going to hear more about that later in today's program. Dr. Chopra is a fellow at the American College of Physicians and member of the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists. And he has authored more than 80 books, including 22 New York Times bestsellers. And he's also the founder of the acclaimed Chopra Center for Wellbeing. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, mind-body health expert, Dr. Deepak Chopra. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Chopra. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. It's a privilege to be on your show. Now, congratulations on your new book, Super Genes. One of the biggest misconceptions we have about the genes we inherit from our mother and father is that we're helpless to do anything about our genetic makeup. But in your book, you explain why this deterministic outlook toward genes is incorrect. Can you tell us what you mean when you say that the state of our minds affects the expression of our genes? Okay, so we have about, uh, not about, we have 23,000 genes. Um, in each cell of our body, housed in the nucleus. And uh, that's how we started, with one cell after conception um, that had these 23,000 genes. And that cell then multiplied uh, 50 times to give you approximately 50 plus times to give you the 100 trillion cells that make a newborn baby and ultimately an adult. So we all start out as a double-stranded uh, molecule of DNA with these 23,000 genes. Think of DNA as the alphabet and the gene as the words and the entire genome as what creates your body, the book of life. So um, we've been taught, of course, um, in the classic mechanistic science for uh, over 100 years, 
that our genes are fixed and our DNA is fixed, and that's absolutely true. But their activity is actually what determines gene expression. And now we are learning, thanks to the new science of epigenetics, that every experience we have, every experience we have, that includes emotional experiences, thoughts, sleep, exercise, food, um, in short, our experiences of daily life, eating, breathing, digestion, metabolism, elimination, uh, the world of sensory experience through sound, touch, sight, taste, and smell, and our inner world of thoughts, feelings, emotions, memories, desires, imagination, beliefs. All this influences the activity of the genes. So the genes can be turned on, and that means the volume of the expression of the genes can go up, or they can be silenced, or the volume can turn down. And this happens through very precise mechanisms. There are proteins outside the genome, referred to as the epigenome, and one of them is called a histone. And what happens is your experiences in life, they modulate these proteins, which in turn have tags on the genes, either to upregulate them or downregulate them uh, or even silence them. So now we know how experience the activity of our genes. What people don't realize, but are realizing, because scientists are now um, showing us this way, the way that only 5% of disease-related gene mutations, so I'm not talking about genes for blue eyes or blonde hair or uh, all of that. I'm just talking about disease-related gene mutations. Only 5% of and the mutation is like an error. It's a variation in the gene. Think of it as a spelling mistake in the vocabulary of life. And um, only 5% of these mutations, disease-related gene mutations, are fully penetrant, which means they're unstoppable no matter what you do at the moment with our current state of knowledge. So, you know, if you have a Baraka gene or the gene that, say, Angelina Jolie had for breast cancer, that's a fully penetrant gene, but only 5% of these are fully penetrant. And it includes all diseases, including many types of cancer and heart disease and degenerative disorders, uh, etc. The remaining mutations are, um, are modified by lifestyle, which means how we think, how we feel, how we behave, what we eat, uh, the amount of rest we get, if we exercise, our social interactions our environment all influences <clears throat> the activity of the genes. Now, to complicate things a little more, there is something called the microbiome, which is all the bacteria that live in your body. They live in your skin, in your gut, in your rectum, in all the orifices of the body, and they outnumber as cells, the micro microbial cells outnumber human cells 10 to 1. And if you count the genes in the microbial cells, then actually for the 23,000 genes that are human, there are 3.3 million bacterial genes in your body. And they also produce proteins and metabolized, metabolized that influence and cross-talk with the human genome. So the reason we're calling our book Super Genes, and you know this book is written in collaboration with Harvard neurogeneticist Rudy Tanzi, who heads the genetics lab at Mass General Hospital. Um, uh, the reason we're calling it supergenes is that supergene actually includes all three, the human genome, the epigenome, and the microbiome, and all of which crosstalk to each other, and their integration is what creates balance in our body, homeostasis. This is a short summary of where we are with genetics, uh, and it's wonderful because it means that, um, you know, more than 90% of chronic illness is influenced through lifestyle, and uh, not only can we prevent diseases, but now we're seeing that with meditation and certain yoga practices and breathing techniques, and some of the more important components of everyday existence, sleep, 
स्ट्रेस मैनेजमेंट इमोशंस फूड एंड रिलेशनशिप्स वी हैव विद इन आर पावर टू नॉट ओनली प्रिवेंट द मेजोरिटी ऑफ क्रॉनिक इलनेस बट इवन रिवर्स डिजीज सो यू नो डीन ऑर्नेस शोर्ड दैट हार्ट डिजीज कैन बी रिवर्स Mm-hmm. But now we are finding the same thing with uh, asthma and rheumatoid arthritis and other illnesses. We have to take our first scheduled break. If you're listening to the Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, recent winners of the Best Sparkling Wine in the U.S. in the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championship. Congratulations, Scott! Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So, what is it about your brut cuvee that beat all the other competitors around the world? We really focus on creating an expression of the Santa Lucia Highlands and doing it the right way. And when you control the process from the beginning to the end, and you have talent like Michelle and top tier grapes, they really shine through. This was a worldwide competition. It was definitely a humbling experience. We were in a room with producers that have been making wine for over a hundred, two hundred years, and was a huge honor to have Tom Stevenson give us the best U.S. sparkling wine award. We fared really well overall. We had three wines win best of class, which was great. Visit the Caraccioli Tasting Room on Dolores Street in Carmel by the Sea, or find us online at CaracccioliCellars dot com, or reach us by phone eight three one six two two seven seven two two. If you're wondering what to do with all that data you're creating, do I have an offer for you? Tableau is drag and drop software that people of any skill level can use to analyze and turn data into something actionable. That's right, I said actionable. And isn't that what all that data is for? With Tableau, you can connect to any data in virtually any format and visualize it on the fly. Databases, spreadsheets, even big data sources are instantly combined into usable charts, graphs, reports, and dashboards. People can analyze data and drag. Drag and drop at ten times the speed of a traditional business intelligence system. But the most impressive thing about Tableau is that anyone can use it. And just to prove the point, you can get a free 14-day trial from Tableau just by mentioning you heard this ad. But do it now because this offer won't last. For your free 14-day trial, visit Tableau at t a b l e a u dot com slash costa. That's Tableau dot com slash costa. Tableau software. What's your data trying to tell you? Hi, Charles Friedman here at Watsonville Auto Row, where the way things used to be is the way things are. What do Watsonville Auto Center's small town values mean for you? Let's ask Milton Woods of Frantic Chrysler Dodge Jeep. Hi, this is Milton Wood over here at Marty Frantic Auto Group, the sales manager, and we have been in the business here since 1933. We have goodwill. We have the best relationships in the community. Our staff is trained and ready to help you. Our prices are fair, and our products are excellent. Like I said, I'm a manager and I'm always available for you. And we always care about our customers and our community first. October is Used Car Savings Month at Watsonville's Auto Center. Get huge savings on a quality pre-owned car or truck. Hundreds on the lots, price to sell. Don't wait. Take the short drive to the way things used to be and save big at Watsonville Auto Center, just off Highway One at Main Street and Auto Center Drive. Watsonville Auto Row, where the way things used to be is the way things are. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report. I don't know if you feel a little sluggish in the middle of the afternoon like I do, but if you do, I'm going to suggest you try Pollen Burst. It's an orange-flavored energy drink that comes in a packet, and it tastes a lot like that other orange drink the astronauts used to drink. You know the one. Pollen Burst contains vitamins A, B1, B3, B6, B12. Pantothenic acid, vitamin D3, and gluconolactone—all designed to give you an energy boost that can last for hours. Pollen Burst comes in a box of 30 packets for $56, or two boxes for $100, and you can order it right now at kscoteam.com. The next time you feel tired and need a little boost, skip the coffee, soda, or candy bar, and mix up a cold glass of Pollen Burst, and do your body some real good. Go to kscoteam.com. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa. My guest today is Deepak Chopra. Uh, Dr. Chopra, I, I need to admit that I'm an evolutionary biologist by training, and I've noticed that much of the uh, 
Excuse me? I didn't know that. It's wonderful <laughs> to know that. So, well, it's a little unusual, I'll admit, for an evolutionary biologist to be on talk radio. I may be the only one that uh, had the nerve to give it a give it a role. But uh, I, I do have to admit that much of the opposition to epigenetics seems to be coming from evo- evolutionary biologists who feel that somehow it's a threat to Darwin's theory of evolution. Well, why is that? I, I don't see this as a, a competing theory at all, but uh, but I know that a lot it's of people do. A, uh, well, people like Richard Dawkins do feel that uh, um, it is a threat to evolutionary biology or Darwin. And, uh, you know, I have to say that um, uh, we, no one is contesting evolutionary biology or Darwin, except to say that um, evolution, our understanding of evolution is expanding. Um, Darwin obviously did not know anything about DNA or genetics in his time, so he was a pioneer and a visionary. And, um, you know, natural selection is definitely the process through which evolution takes place. But many geneticists in the field are questioning random mutations in that, uh, you know, a better word than random mutation would be unpredictable um, because we actually do not know what randomness means. Uh, We only know that we cannot predict them. And um, when you talk to certain geneticists who look at what are called de novo meditations, that occur uh, even prior to uh, conception in the sperm or the ovum, um, there seems to be a probability distribution curve. So that is being questioned. And then epigenetics also is now showing us that memories of experiences uh, can be transferred to the next generation. So in this book, we mentioned... Yes, and they even, it even skips study. a generation. It, it'll even, these memories of experiences have been demonstrated to skip a de- generation, right. as we find in mice often. Correct, uh, and, in mice, yeah, yes. Yeah, and uh, it's quite interesting. You know, it, it seems in science that if we can't identify a pattern, uh, we're, we're very uncomfortable and uh, we're very quick to judge. People think scientists are not judgmental. Uh, but you know, mm-hmm. but but what's interesting about Darwin is um, he did not really understand at that time the mechanics by which um, uh, right. genes were transferred. That came from Mendel ma- many right. many years later. Uh, so he had yeah. to make up some fictitious, weird process by which <laughs> genes moved from yeah. parents to children. And uh, and it's right. interesting. We we seem to have those kinds of biases now about epigenetics, even though. Uh, certainly we're early in the discovery process, you would think... We are very early. Yeah. One thing I I did want to say is you would think that evolutionary biologists would be open to the idea that even theories on evolution will have to evolve. They will have to evolve as a a science. that's That's the route science takes. You know, something soon becomes dogma and we feel it's scientific truth. But science is always about disproving what um, we believed before. So it does evolve. And the question now, big question, is if memories are transferred, where are they stored? And, you know, where are memories uh, experienced? So this, unfortunately, to many physicalists, uh, introduces the idea of consciousness. You know, your memories, even though they may be recorded in your brain, they exist in your consciousness. Meaning exists in consciousness. Purpose exists in consciousness. And um, we have no location for that anywhere. Well, we're uh, having a hard no time with genetic consciousness, I think. <laughs> no, we're having a hard time with yeah. genetic. Yeah, By yes, the way, we in are. the chapter, we have two chapters in the book. We have two chapters. One is addressed to consciousness, and the other is addressed to um, the whole idea of evolution and how we need to relook at evolution. Now, and now the study, introduce- yeah, the study of genomics is a very new field, and it wasn't until recently yeah. that we've discovered genes for everything from 
the propensity Correct. for soft earwax and breast cancer to even mm-hmm. predispositions for antisocial behavior. I mean, every day uh, we keep Correct. finding these new connections between our genetic Correct. makeup, our state of mind, our behavior, our experiences, our memories, and our well-being. But you have Absolutely. taken this a step further, and you've even gone so far as to say that aging may well be a learned behavior, and you could tell your body not to age. Can you explain what you meant by that? Well, first of all, um, in part, a learned behavior, because, you know, we are brought up in um, society, and society has its own uh, hypnosis, uh, which we call social conditioning. But um, we have been looking at um, the effects of meditation with Elizabeth Blackburn, who, you know, um, won the Nobel Prize for discovering the effects of um, meditation. No, for for uh, originally identifying the hormone, uh, the enzyme telomerase, which influences the length of telomeres. Yes. And so we had her team to come and look at participants at a meditation retreat that we hold. And in four days, we found the level of the telomerase going up by 40%. Then she measured the length of telomeres. It also increases, although it takes a longer time. And then we studied the entire genome. And we found that all the genes that um, cause homeostasis or self-regulation were upregulated, and all the genes that were responsible for um, inflammation and um, and exaggerated inflammation were downregulated. So this is the first study of its kind, and now we're looking at the microbiome. So we do know what we call normal aging in our society could possibly be the psychopathology of the average which we take for granted if didn't if people didn't get chronic illness like heart disease or autoimmune illness or cancer how long would they live well we don't really know but uh, it could be well in excess of 100 years so we have to relook at how we look at aging and we do know that the biological markers of aging which until now were things like blood pressure and bone density and hormone levels and skin thickness and hearing and vision, um, we, they can be reversed to a lot, to a great extent. But now we have better ways of looking at this, looking at inflammatory markers, looking at telomerase, looking at um, all the things that I mentioned. So yes, I do believe that our biological age uh, can be much younger than our chronological age in um, the way we used to think. Well, I have to say that I turned 60 this year, and that's the best news of all. <laughs> so we well, have to take it. I'm, a... <laughs> I'm 69, and that's good news, too. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. As we get older, we want to hear that kind of good news about being able to control our health. Uh, we have to take another commercial break. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back with more from Deepak Chopra. You're listening to The Costa Report. Biodiversity is the very fabric of our lives. It is everything around us, all of nature. But human impact is diminishing biodiversity at an alarming rate. And because of that, the intricate web of biodiversity is unraveling in ways we don't fully understand, and our world is becoming less resilient. That's why we are biodiversity advocates. We're the E.O. Wilson Biodiversity Foundation. Guided by the greatest living naturalist, E.O. Wilson, we champion research and education that expands our understanding of biodiversity and informs worldwide conservation efforts. The E.O. Wilson Biodiversity Foundation is building a movement of environmental stewards like you who share our sense of responsibility for the living world that is our home. Join us in our quest to protect biodiversity, the fabric of our lives. Visit eowilsonfoundation.org. Do you know there are more cell phones in America than there are people? 330 million of them and counting. You have one, maybe two. Your spouse has one. Your kids each have one. Sooner or later, one or more of these phones is going to accidentally break. So protecting them all is a smart idea, and Square Trade is the best way to do that. The family plan that Square Trade provides gives each phone protection for $3.50 a month. 
A family of four can save as much as $500 a year from other protection plans offered directly by your phone carrier. Square Trade offers you help immediately when a phone needs repair or replacement after an accident. Now, wherever you are in the two-year carrier plan, you can switch your protection plan to Square Trade. All the details are on their website. So protect your new phone, any phone, with Square Trade. Visit squaretrade.com. That's squaretrade.com. Square Trade does not cover lost or stolen items. Savings based on two-year iPhone plan with one claim compared to a and total equipment coverages of August 10, 2015. Jungle Plant Services brings the lush outdoors into your home or office space. They take over the worry of proper watering and rotation, so your plants always look their very best. Jungle Plant owner Dale Crable offers a nurturing plant service for her clients throughout Santa Cruz and Monterey counties. Jungle Plant is mobile and comes right to your door. Call to schedule a free consultation, 831-462-5806. See the vast selection of plants for your individual preference and space configuration. Jungle Plant Services include plant rental, a guaranteed weekly maintenance program, a vacation care option, patio color design, and individual potted plants for gift arrangements. Call now for your free consultation, 831-462-5806. That's 831-462-5806. You can also visit us at jungleplant.com. Michael Olson here, Watsonville Airport, something brand new and exciting. And I have the person that's responsible. And your name is? Ella King. Ella. Ella's at the airport. Yeah, that's right. You got it right. What are you going to do to please the palates of the Monterey Bay Area with Ella's at the airport? Uh, Well, we are working with mostly local, organic, sustainable seafoods, grass-fed meats. So you start with that, and from there we build a beautiful meal, be it lunch, dinner, or weekend brunch. I think that from there, we've got you covered. Ella's at the airport also has a great outdoor seating area where you can watch the airplanes come and go. And we also feature a full bar. Ella's at the airport, 100 Aviation Way in Watsonville. Call 831-728-3282 for reservations. That's 728-3282. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Dr. Deepak Chopra. And before the break, we were talking about the growing evidence that our chronological age can be separated from our physical age. Um, now, if my numbers are correct, uh, you've turned thir- sixty-nine this year. Uh, do you mind if yes, I, I ask? Uh, do you mind if I ask you, Doctor Chopra, uh, how successful have you been at slowing down the aging process? Well, I have um, enough energy that I could. Uh, can do what I want every day. I have never been hospitalized or taken medication of any kind. I walk uh, between 5 to 10 miles a day. I practice yoga seven days a week. I do meditation about two hours a day. I have no emotional toxicity, healthy relationships. I'm as near perfect health as uh, is possible. I feel biologically the same as I did in my 30s and 40s, and I look forward to continuing this way. Well, I want to be you. (laughs) You can be. Anybody can be. You know, I realized a while ago as I got a little biologically, not biologically, but chronologically older, I realized that actually, if you have zero stress, then your aging will be completely different. And the zero stress is easy if you don't have a personal stake in the world. In other words, you don't take anything personally, and you also don't do anything that's motivated by, you know, personal ambition. But it took me a while to get there, and I'm there now. I can safely say that I do things because they're fun or I do them with people that are fun to be with. Yes. And I only do them if um, they make a difference in the world. 
You know, my father gave me some advice that I think has added years to my health. He said, learn, yes. learn to live with ambivalence. Yeah, it's that's, you know, Freud said <clears throat> the definition of neurosis is the inability to tolerate ambivalence. So your father was very wise. Yeah, he said, you'll just be happier. He said, you know, there's yes. going to be a lot of arguments, a lot of issues, a lot of conflicting science even. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at one time, yeah. I, t- I point this mm-hmm. out to my friends many times, and they're shocked mm-hmm. to hear that the theory of relativity and the theory of gravity had some areas where mm-hmm. they conflicted. They just simply didn't fit together neatly. Uh, but thank goodness yes. we didn't throw one out. <laughs> yeah. And they still do. I mean, you know, general relativity and quantum mechanics do not um, fit together. I mean, they do not. That's a big dilemma. Yeah. Uh, but but you know we we don't uh, in science. You know you find that uh, many things you live with uncertainty. Uh, there are many theories that have yet to be proven. There's early information that we don't know for certain, but gives us clues, gives us reason to believe that that's probably correct, even though it's going to take a very long time to collect the actual data, the empirical data, to uh, prove something in science. Um, so, you know, from that standpoint, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty happy, easygoing person yes. because I live with ambivalence and I don't feel a need to force fit one thing into another or, um, or even to argue a point. <laughs> yes, I think you're, you're very wise to do that because, as you know, science is really not um, about reality. It's about creating models of reality. And those models keep changing and they keep getting revised. In fact, right now, in, in the full understanding of reality, we're in a very uncomfortable place because 96% of the universe is invisible. You know, dark energy and dark matter. Of the 4% that's atomic, 99.99% is invisible interstellar dust, mostly hydrogen and helium. So the, so the visible universe with all the stars and planets and the billions, literally hundreds of billions of stars, is 0.01% of what exists out there. And then we start looking at the visible universe made up of atoms and we get down to the level of particles. They have a dual nature. They're also waves. And, you know, the particles have units of mass and energy. And the waves have none of the above. They're just waves of potential. So we actually don't know what the universe is made of, number one. And we don't even know how we are aware of it because there's no theory that explains how biology produces consciousness. It's called the hard problem of consciousness. So we don't know what exists. And we don't know how we know that it exists. Well, one of the nice things about yeah, one of the nice things about being an evolutionary biologist is you tend to look at uh, humankind over the span of many, many millions of years, Correct. and because Correct. of that, and then you combine that, by the way, with someone like Eric Schmidt, the CEO of Google, saying that we're generating as much data every forty-eight hours as we did from the dawn of humankind, the year two thousand three. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is why. This is why you know, at any point in time, what we think is evolving, it's changing. New data is altering how we perceive uh, our lives, uh, our place in the universe, how we perceive consciousness, how we perceive the the experiences that we have and the experiences our children's children may have as a result of that. Every day we get more and more data. Uh, but it But it almost seems as though as humans we want to hang on to something. Don't we? We want to. We, we want to grab on to something and say, "No, that part's fixed." Yes. What is you that? You know, I was talking to. I was talking to Ruth Kastner. She's um, a philosopher of science, um, and she's very well known. And she, her, his, her um, main thesis is on quantum mechanics, and you know the philosophical implications of that. And what she said the other day when I had a conversation with her was quite kind of um, astonishing. She said, science has brought us to the door of the sub-empirical, 
what exists beyond that portal, we do not know and perhaps have no access to because the sub-empirical is invisible and not therefore not measurable. And the empirical is like the tip of the iceberg of the sub-empirical. Yes. So that's very hum- humbling, you know, when you when you hear some people who understand both philosophy and science talking about the unmanifest, invisible domains of the universe from where the universe is kind of spinning out almost out of nothingness. Well, you know, I speak in kind of plain, ordinary terms, and the way I describe it is uh, every morning I throw my uh, dog into the back of my car and I drive him to the beach. Uh, and I've tried mm-hmm. many, many times to explain him how to explain to him how a combustion engine works, but but there's care. no there there. <laughs> he only knows yeah. we go into a metal box, it shakes around and moves, and suddenly we're at the at his favorite location. I really feel every day when I wake up, and, and you know, I, I, I'm i sure it's like you. I get these wonderful scientific papers, and I get contacted yeah. by people making magnificent, magnificent discoveries. And it just shows right. me that we are just babies, babies taking You're baby babies. steps. We're babies, and in many ways, your dog is, more intelligent because he's not encumbered by intellectual um, existential dilemmas. He feels his way through the world. Yes, he does. we've lost that ability to feel our way through the world, you know? Yeah, and and you know, his steady state is happiness. You know, with a dog, his steady state is happiness. And it's only, you have to actually do something to disrupt that happiness, uh, which is an incredible thing to be around an animal like that. You really learn a lot about your own nature and how how lovely it would be to maintain that steady state. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. You're listening to the Costa Report. Do you love creating salads as much as you enjoy eating them? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole inspires fresh and wholesome dishes for any meal with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. From the mild and tender texture of sweet butter lettuce to the crunch of classic romaine sprinkled with colorful shredded carrots and red cabbage, Dole has over 30 salad blends to satisfy every palate. If you're looking for the ultimate in convenience, try Dole's unique salad kit combinations that include farm-fresh lettuces and vegetables, mouth-watering all-natural toppings, and specially made dressings. It's all you need to make a distinctively delicious salad. The possibilities are endless. Visit www.dolesalads.com for recipes and other ideas to feed your culinary imagination. Big data is being generated by everything around us all the time. Every digital process and social media exchange produce it. Systems, sensors, and mobile devices transmit it. Big data is arriving from multiple sources with ever-increasing velocity, volume, and variety. It's becoming the world's newest resource for competitive advantage, allowing decision-making to move from the elite few to the empowered many. The escalating demand for insights requires a fundamentally new approach to architecture, tools, and practices. To extract meaningful value from big data, you need optimal processing power, analytics capabilities, and skills. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash bigdata today. That's www.ibm.com slash bigdata. 
People say puffiness and bags under the eyes are the hardest things to get rid of. Until now, introducing GenuCell Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Due to new technology, GenuCell is an incredibly powerful all-natural serum. And with its instant effects, it's guaranteed to show results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Users saw results in only 12 hours with dramatic improvement in two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, GenuCell contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, GenuCell uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity and brilliant long-term results. Call now to try GenuCell risk-free, 800-442-3684. Say goodbye to puffiness and bags today. Call in the next 20 minutes and get the legendary Esotique face cream absolutely free just for trying GenuCell today. Chamonix, the best skin care, best results or your money back, no questions asked. 800-442-3684. Are things getting a little messy around the office? At Coast Paper and Supply, we'll meet all your janitorial needs. Mops, dusters, disinfectants, we got them. Can't get rid of that smell in the break room? Try our deodorizer. Carpet stains? We have a cure for that, too. While you're at it, pick up the essentials. Garbage cans and liners, sponges and brooms. Is your company going green? Coast Paper and Supply is offering earth-friendly cleaning and food service alternatives. Our ever-evolving stock includes compostable bowls, plates, cups, and cutlery. Not to mention eco-friendly cleaners and biodegradable trash can liners, all at the lowest possible price. So come visit Coast Paper and Supply at 151 Josephine Street or look us up at coastpapersupplyinc.com. You can also call us at 831-423-3350. That's 831-423-3350. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, our guest today is Deepak Chopra. Dr. Chopra, I'd like to switch gears for a moment because we're getting ready to head into the holiday season here, uh, a time when many people struggle with their emotions. And we were just talking about, you know, creatures like dogs don't seem to struggle unless something actually intervenes to disrupt their steady state, which is joy and happiness. Um, In particular... Mm -hmm. People can begin to feel invisible, invisible at parties, at work, even with family and friends. What is it that makes a person feel invisible? I think um, it's ultimately, um, to put it very bluntly, it's um, the insecurity that comes from wanting to get approval in society. Uh, It's the insecurity of... um, of the need for approval, the need to control your life in a sense, uh, to um, be validated. And the only way out of this is actually to feel what you feel. And uh, uh, you know, there's a famous um, uh, quote from the Sufi poet Rumi, says, the cure of pain is in the pain. We cannot deny our feelings, but the more we feel them, the more we get in touch with them, the more we learn the skills of emotional intelligence, which means we have empathy for how other people feel, and the more we can communicate with love, compassion, joy, equanimity, uh, more attention we can give to people, be good listeners, uh, appreciate their qualities, show them that we care with affection, and uh, listen I think the more we can get out of this feeling of alienation or invisibility or loneliness, and I personally feel experiencing solitude is very important. It's not loneliness. When you experience solitude through practices like mindfulness and and, um, and meditation, you actually feel more connected than ever before. So it's the dynamic uh, play between stillness and activity that allows us to get out of this place of loneliness, which, of course, the um, the injudicious use of technology and social networks allows people to seemingly connect, but, in fact, emotionally disconnect. Uh, you know, I, I think 
so much of the emphasis is put on the person who feels disconnected. Um, what about mm-hmm. those of us who might notice that someone is withdrawn uh, or might not seem fully engaged? Is there anything we can do, or do they have to do that for themselves? No, no. It is our responsibility to help them, and that is where social emotional intelligence comes into play. Can we feel what they're feeling? Can we have empathy for them? Can we actually tell them that we are there for them? Can we help them? Can we um, show them uh, through actions that um, we are part of them and they are part of us? I mean, there's no such thing as a separate self. Our emotions are contagious. Our, um, Our bodies are influenced by our emotions. So in a sense... Even our bodies are inseparable. I can send somebody an emoticon um, in South Africa and give them a dopamine hit. On the other hand, I can say something mean and nasty uh, through email and raise somebody's blood pressure. So, you know, we are, the more we realize that the whole idea of separation is an illusion, the more we feel that, the more we can help people who feel alienated or invisible. And you bring up a good point. Even these casual social media communications have the ability Mm -hmm. to create toxic experiences for others or positive healing experiences. Yes. And, you know, there's a cabal of people on the Internet and social networks who only get there to upset other people. It's it's, you know, one of the distressing things that you see these days. No matter what anybody says, there are people who will attack them. And then there are others who will always find ways to nourish um, through social networks others. Now we're dis- we have an opportunity yeah. through technology that we never had before. Yeah, well, you know, according to the CDC, 25% of all Americans are suffering from depression right now. And, uh, you know, and when I look at the overwhelming negativity on social media, Mm -hmm. uh, I can't help but feel that that's contributing to a chemical, a grading chemical imbalance, which is trying to be rectified by by medication right now. Well, why don't we then collectively get together and create a critical mass and a pandemic of happiness, too, by giving each other attention, affection, appreciation, uh, we can do it. I mean, the opposite can also be done. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that uh, the work that you're doing is so important in terms of getting people, on, you know, getting, I don't know, just like it's almost like hitting a reset button and saying, really, do you want to put that negativity out there? You have the choice to make the experiences of others better and healthier or uh, toxic and worse and everything you Absolutely. do in life everything you think every Absolutely. action you take will either contribute to the positive or the negative it's not going to be neutral <laughs> you know? yes. so so i think that's really important now lastly do you have a website or a facebook page where listeners can go to get more information about your new book super genes and also the wellness center i think if they go to chopra.com or deepakchopra.com. There are different um, articles there. Uh, Huffington Post uh, and uh, the San Francisco Chronicle carry weekly columns from me, as does LinkedIn. So any of those sites is good. And where? when is the book available and where can they uh, get a copy of the book? The book will be available everywhere and it's uh, available November 10th. So the name of the book is Super Genes. I can tell you that I've looked at an advanced copy, and it is destined to be yet another New York Times bestseller. So I hope our listeners will go out and and get this book, Super Genes, and add to their wellness. Well, that is all the time we have today. But before we let you go, uh, Dr. Chopra, let me thank you for your service to the public and for advancing our understanding of the mind-body connection. Thank you, Dr. Chopra. Rebecca, before you go, I'd like to engage with you further, especially given that you're an evolutionary biologist. So my office will go try and get in touch with you. Oh, absolutely. I would uh, love to do that. Okay. Thank Thank you you again. 
If your station is leaving us after the first hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Deepak Chopra, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And if you happen to miss the full interview with Dr. Chopra, remember that you can download previous episodes of the Costa Report from our website, Apple iTunes, Podbean, and our YouTube channel as the holiday seasons approach. We often construct expectations of what those holidays should be like or how we want others to behave. Some folks may feel invisible or left out during this time. And while others may turn to alcohol or shopping or sleep or anger or medications to dull the pain, this year, if you notice someone withdrawing or struggling, take time to reach out. Your acknowledgement may make all the difference. And speaking of the holiday season, make your gift giving easy and meaningful this year by ordering a copy of the Watchman's Rattle with a custom dedication and autograph to your loved ones. Where else can you get a book with a custom inscription for under $20? Um, And the best news of all, 100%, not 99%, 100% of book sales go toward keeping interviews like the one you heard today on the air. So with every book you order... You help us bring quality journalism to more listeners throughout the United States and also to our troops abroad. So go to RebeccaCosta.com. Do it now. Get your orders in for the Watchman's Rattle. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Now, here's an early warning. Mark your calendars right now because my guest next week is none other than GOP candidate, the one that is neck and neck with Donald Trump, neurosurgeon Dr. Ben Carson. Don't miss a revealing one-on-one conversation with candidate Dr. Ben Carson next week. All right, I'm going to say it again. Mark your calendars, because you don't want to miss this conversation with Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, What an unusual outsider to Washington to come so far so fast. So mark your calendars for a conversation with Dr. Ben Carson next week on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of Straight Talk Radio. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.